The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So it will be also at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field. One will be taken One will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too, you also must be prepared. For at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Good evening, everybody. And Happy New Year, huh? Happy New Year. Well, for Fridays for us Catholics, it is New Year. We begin a new liturgical season. That is why you see the purple. And you may have noticed my posture at Mass is a little different than normal, isn't it? If you've been with us a couple years, uh, we've done this twice now. We're doing, because uh, at every single Mass, by the way, we have, the priest has two options of how to celebrate Mass. There's what's called the, the, the normal way, which we, we see every single Sunday, which we're used to, is called ad populum, means towards the people. And the second legitimate option at every single Mass, which was the, the way Mass was celebrated for nearly 1,900 years, by the way, which is called ad orentum, which means in Latin, towards the east. And so that's why, if you, the reason why I'm facing that direction is because as, as the priest, I'm leading the prayer for, with the people of God, and we're, towards, we're turning towards what's called the liturgical east, which is the ancient posture. Because in Judaism, east is the direction of God. It is the direction of when the sun rises, an image of God. And then the tradition also holds that when Jesus comes back again the second time, he's going to come back from the east. And so the posture of ancient Christianity has always been looking towards the east in anticipation for the coming of Jesus, which, as we now enter into the holy season of Advent, Advent, which literally means in Latin, the coming or, or the arrival. So we're waiting for Jesus in Advent. As we get ready for Christmas, we're, we're, for the next four Sundays, all of the readings are about get ready, stay awake, Jesus is coming. And so the posture, we're going to use the ancient format is me facing east with you as we're looking now towards God, which again, by the way, 
You know, if you're ever buried with, with your whole body, you're facing the east. You remember? If you recall that, you're, the, the, way, the way, especially if you're buried in a, in a Christian burial cemetery, you're facing towards the east. Your feet are towards the east. So that way your head, during the resurrection, when we get our bodies back, you just pop up, boom. You pop up, and guess what direction you're facing? You're facing east, aren't you? And so that's always been the ancient posture. So that's why I love our Catholic faith. It is so rich. And so I love sharing our patrimony. And so that's why for the next four Sundays, we're, we're going we're gonna to go back to the legitimate option of, uh, of facing east together as we're waiting for the coming of Jesus. So this is why. And notice something too, by the way. You'll sense that I'm not talking to you. But I mean that in a good way. Because whenever I'm facing east, liturgical east, I'm talking to God the Father. Notice the prayers now. As we gather together, facing east, waiting for Jesus to come, we're talking to our Heavenly Father. And as the priest, I'm supposed to be leading the prayer. And so that's why when I'm facing that direction, I'm talking to God. And so notice that sense. It changes the, the orientation of the liturgy. It's, it's really beautiful. So I want to share that with you. So that's, uh, that's just a little segue into now the homily. I know, that's not the homily yet? Like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Last Friday, you know, every, every, uh, every Friday before the 8.30 Mass, we have a holy hour. We, we expose Jesus and the monstrance, and, and we gather, and we pray in silence. And, I, and I'm praying my own prayers, and I'm praying on behalf of all of you and those of us who join. We're just, we're just kneeling in silent prayer in front of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. And as I was kneeling there last Friday, as I've done every single Friday since I've been with you, I felt the Lord put into my heart it wasn't an audible sound, but it was a powerful sense of the word victory. And I, and I literally, I, I picked up my head and said, victory, what, what do you mean by that? And again, it said, the Lord said, victory. And I, I said, Lord, what are we talking about? <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, the sense of deep joy and peace just came over me. Victory. Victory, victory. And I was so excited last Friday that I almost ran after Mass. I almost ran to the office and I almost ran in, you know, with our office manager. That's it. I was going to ask you, Sandra, victory, victory, victory. And she, I didn't want to sound weird to her, so, I, so I, I held back and I didn't say anything. But that whole day, that, that word, victory, that the Lord put on my heart and in my mind. And I said, what are you talking about, Lord? And it took a while to finally realize why the Lord put that as I was praying in front of him. Because the next day we had, I mean, some of you were there, I recognized the faces, for our brother Bill Harnack. Longtime parishioner, he, longtime residents of this valley, many people knew him. The church was packed filled with Catholics and non-Catholics alike. He used, to, he used to be the shop teacher in Lawrenceville High School. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of the young people, or not so young anymore, knew him from back in the day as their, as their high school shop teacher. 
For those of you who were there, did you feel it? And what I mean by that is, I don't know what it is, but something was happening at that Mass. It was the most beautiful Mass that I've ever been a part of. And I've done many. Something was palpable in that church there. I don't know what it was. Again, it wasn't me because I'm, I'm a weirdo. And, and so it wasn't my, by any means my, my amazing genius or my amazing singing voice. No. But everything's flowed well. And you can feel, and, and I'm looking back, it was the Holy Spirit active there in that church. And afterwards, what affirmed that, that sense of, 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 of the Holy Spirit being there was that many of these non-Catholics were coming up to me afterwards. They said, they were saying, hey, because they lack the terminology, of course, to say, hey, uh, that, was, that was an awesome service you did there. Pastor, you know, that was awesome. And they said, uh, and, and you can see them struggling for words, and, and I was just humbled by it. They, uh, one young person even said, you know, I've only been to Mass three times in my life. I'm not even Catholic, I'm not even Christian. That was the most awesome Mass I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> and I was just laughing at it. I was like, well, praise God. Praise God. I, 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 I hope you come back again. <laughs> but why? What was that sense? It was because, now that I've, I've had a week to reflect on it, was because Bill died in the most beautiful way you can imagine. You see, Bill died a long, painful death, diagnosed with cancer that had ravaged his body, and so we knew that his end would come fast. I mean, he was diagnosed, I forgot how, how long it was, but it will take a couple of months for him. And the amazing thing about it was that Bill had the opportunity, because we knew that his end was coming, he had every opportunity now to tie up all the loose ends and all of the relationships. He had a chance to say goodbye to all his loved ones and his friends, to make peace with everybody in his family. But not only that, he had the opportunity now to also make peace with God. He received the beautiful sacraments of, of the church when we, when we reached towards that end. And the entire time, even as that cancer began to, began to wither away at him, because he, he would eventually grow frail, but the entire time, joy. Utter joy. He asked to have Holy Communion brought to him. And when he could no longer make it to Mass, one of our parish families brought him Holy Communion regularly. And it said that every time they would bring him Holy Communion, he would light up. Yes, yes. And finally, I got a call late one night. It was a family of the friend, uh, of the fr uh, family of the. Fr uh, friend of the family, the father, it's not looking good. Come tomorrow early in the morning. I said, of course I'll come. 
So I get there. He, he lives in Calpine. And I get there, and he was, uh, he was lying in bed, covered with blankets, eyes closed. I said, Bill! We had to yell at him because he had a hard time staying conscious. Bill! It's Father Brian. Then Nancy's wife said, Bill, wake up! Father Brian's here. He opened his eyes a little bit, and he smiled. I said, Bill, I brought you Holy Communion. And he, he smiled again, huge. I said, thank you, Father. Thank you. And then I, we did the prayers. I anointed him one last time. I gave him Holy Communion. His hands clasped in prayer. And then the awkward moment came. What do you say knowing that this will be your last conversation with someone? You ever have that? When you know it's going to be the last conversation you have? It's, it's always, you're always a bumbling mess. No matter how many times you rehearse something, when your last conversation with someone, the, the, the words always fail. And so... I can only say the only thing that I could say was, Bill, the eyes opened just a little bit again. Bill, we love you. And then with his eyes closed, he whispered, I love you too, Father. Last words I ever heard from him. He would die a couple hours later. But it was a victorious death. Utter peace. Don't take my word for it. Ask any of the family members. They were moved to tears at how Bill would leave this world. Why? You see, Bill was ready for the coming of Jesus in his life. He was utterly ready for it. You see, Bill was gifted with the knowledge that his time was short and that he only had a short period of time now to get ready. You see, not everybody is given this gift, are we? No, not everybody is given this gift. Some of us, again, die not knowing some of us, it, it could be tragic deaths. I mean, all of us have those sad stories in our lives. And so yet, when we're given an opportunity now with this gift, it shows how powerful now a Christian dies in dignity. See, this is why Paul in the second reading, writing to the church in Rome now, in that beautiful second reading, Paul says, wake up. Wake up, he says. He's writing to the little church community in Rome. By this time, the church in Rome was probably at the max a couple dozen. The church was tiny back in the first century. Again, they're surrounded by the most, the most spectacular city on earth at that time period, Rome. A magnificent, beautiful city, the city of the Roman emperors. And the tiny Christian minority were tiny, were, were just sitting there. And Paul is saying to them, now is the hour for you to wake from sleep.
Do not give yourself over to orgies, to drunkenness. Meaning, do not behave like your Roman pagan neighbors. Don't behave like them. Why? Because the world of the flesh leads to the flesh. And Paul is trying to arouse them, says, no, get ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Which is why? Because you have no idea when it will come. You have no idea. And in this, during the season of Advent, what we have an opportunity now is to, again to rehear the words of St. Paul. Where in your life are we sleeping? Because now was the time to wake from sleep. When was the last time now to examine? In the season of Advent, what the church proposes to us is to take a moral inventory of our lives. Where in your life are we failing? Are, are we attached to anything that's not of God in our lives? Don't wait till next week to address it. Listen to where St. Paul, now. When was the last time, again, we examined Advent is the season where we strive to go to confession again? When was the last time we went to confession? Don't wait till next week or next year. Where's the St. Paul? Now is the time. Do you have anything that's hindering you from growing in your relationship with God? What are you waiting for? Now is the time to address it. Have you always been longing to pray the Holy Rosary every single day of your life? Don't wait till the next week. Start it now. In this awesome season of Advent, what we have the opportunity now to do is to get ready for Jesus. My friends, that is the only thing that's worthy. Bill, I dare say, knew that. He knew that it was Jesus Christ who was his Lord and Savior. And nothing else was more important than that. You see, my friends, Bill died, even though that cancer, yeah, did win. Bill is victorious. Bill is victorious. Because he was ready when Jesus finally called him home. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.